How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Fear Frequency, a weekly horror podcast. This is our 103rd episode, and I'm tired. I'm fucking really tired, George. <laughs> it's been a big week. Yeah, I. Uh, so I've had a long week. I did a video of top five Shutter recommendations. Go watch it, please. We showed the first clip from the movie They Live Inside Us from our friend Michael Balif. And that was pretty cool. I like that the way that movie's shaping up. We have screeners for it. Then I recorded, which a lot of you are going to be happy about, my Halloween ranking, all 11 movies. But I was like, this is the video I'm going to go all out on. So I have multiple camera angles. Uh, I really wrote it out pretty deep. It's like 30 minutes long. That'll be up Monday, I think. And it's sponsored, which is cool. And then today, Halloween alert time, we launched our trailer for our Halloween fan film. Yeah, the reactions have been really positive to it. It looks awesome. The trailer that was cut together, unbelievable. Yeah, so if you guys didn't know, you kind of knew because we talked about it last week. Me and George, well, George lived there, but I flew to Michigan with my friends Cortland and Ryan, who are Oddest of the Odd, and then we brought along Vinny DeSanti, who is the owner and operator of Womp Stomp Films. He plays Jason in Never Hike Alone and in the Snow, and he directs the movie and stuff like that and wrote it. All the crazy, all the, the hard stuff he did. He's our Michael Myers in our new fan film. So we spent four days doing night shoots, single camera, one light. <laughs> No budget. Well, two lights. Two lights we had. And a nice fog machine. Thank you, Nile Screen Park. And we were teasing it with some screenshots and stuff like that. But we dropped the trailer today. And I was kind of nervous, but I knew it was good because Cortland's just such a god at like shooting and editing. And I was not expecting so many people to say that they thought it was an actual trailer for Halloween Kills. Yeah, that was really impressive to me that people mistake it for a 20 million dollar movie dude yeah seriously like if you saw the equipment we were using and like how we didn't really ask for a single location we used like we would just show up and then film really quick and then get out except for the cornfield the guy let us use his cornfield which was really nice and it all came out great we don't need that much more coverage all the audio is pretty much done we're way ahead on this which never happens and people just seem to really like it and that's good. So I'm really excited about it. For how quick this came came together, too. I think it's even better. We saw, like, the really early, well, like, cuts of it while we were out there actually filming it. And it looked yeah. good then. Like, that, I got excited seeing how it was looking just on the digital camera screen. But once it's all cut together with this, with the overlays and the extra editing and everything, I mean, the movie, it looks spectacular in that trailer. I'm really excited to see the final cut. So the way we did it is Cortland and I wrote it together, but we each kind of like diverged. And then while we were on the plane to Michigan, this was originally supposed to be a Halloween 2018 deleted scene. So it was going to be really short, but then we came up with this idea to make it kind of an anthology. I'm not revealing too much here. And so on the plane to Michigan, we both kind of rewrote it and we were like, we'll take the best idea from each of our scripts, but we both basically wrote the same script which is good. Like we had all the same moments, but then Cortland just had great kill ideas and I handled the dialogue. Cortland basically filmed the entire thing. And I was basically, I got all the costumes together. So that's why the Michael Myers looks perfect. Even my like Halloween high school costume, Michael Myers from 1978 is spot on with the actual movie. I'm pretty proud of that. And I would make sure that it was in line with the tone and the feel and the look, especially, of Halloween 2018. And our talents 
combined along with George's excellent acting, Ryan's excellent fog machining, Vinny's awesome Michael Myersing, PG and Berlin's acting. It all just came together great. Everyone had a good attitude. And the reason Cortland cut it together while everyone was sleeping was because we were doing these 12, 13-hour nights and everyone would be pissed by the end. But then they'd see it cut together and be like, wow, that's awesome. And it would, like, rehype everyone up. It was definitely cool to even get those really early cuts of it, even with, like, the bad audio of the generator going in the background and everything. I mean, it, it really is coming together awesome. I'm ex- really excited for it. I'm excited for everybody to check it out. And here's a behind-the-scenes tip. Everything in the trailer, every single shot is all practical, except for one, which is Michael Myers' collar at the end. It was down in the original shot, but then Cortland was able to CGI it back up somehow. (laughs) I don't know how, because it looks perfect. Yeah, I don't understand how any of that works, but somehow Cortland is a god and can figure that kind of stuff out. Yeah, and just for you like Halloween nerds out there, I'm going to explain how accurate this costume is. So... Vinny's costume. We got the coveralls, the same exact ones that are used in Halloween 2018. They're very hard to find because they are real workman's coveralls that are fire resistant. So getting that specific kind, that gave us this color that looks like the movie. And if you shine the right kind of light on it, like a cooler light, it'll look blue. But they're actually gray. They're like heather gray charcoal gray and then Vinny soaked them in coffee grinds to give it that like weathered look and to get the bullet wound from when laurie shoots him in the back we actually shot through it with a gun so that's like authentic as hell (laughs) we got the exact t-shirt he wears under it so that was cool Vinny had his own boots which looked exactly right and the knives were made by charles briner who did an awesome job they're all aluminum so they actually like aren't very sharp at all but they look great and he like made them the, from scratch, which is incredible. Then the mask is the one he did for me two years ago. And a lot of you are going to freak the fuck out when you hear that that's the Trick or Treat Studios mask. The like $60 one. So that's what it can look like if you just basically start from scratch with it and work your way up. That's the craziest part, I think, how good the mask looks. Yeah, that's still insane to me. That, I mean, I guess there was like a kernel of truth when they were when Tots first announced that mask and saying that it was going to be identical to the on-screen version and be exactly the same. And then it came out and it wasn't quite that, but it can be that if you just put the extra effort into it, which is the weird part. It takes a lot of work. Like, obviously you have to get the hair off, but thankfully it's in strips. So the hair is not that hard to get off. It just comes off with basically, I think like nail polish remover. And then you primer the mask Then you do a skin tone. Then you do a white layer, another white layer. And then I think Charles goes through all the cracks individually and kind of fills them in to make them dirtier. And he actually dyed the hair to match the color of the movie better. So that came out just so excellent. And hearing from people that they think it's a (laughs) Halloween Kills trailer is just so awesome. I mean, it really does look film accurate. Like everything about it has that really high level of quality to it which is insane on our zero budget and filming it in like four days in extremely long shoots overnight so it worked so well like Cortland has the insane level of talent for filming stuff and editing and just being awesome and then i have the like completely useless <laughs> meticulous knowledge of the halloween franchise 
so I could be like, hey, that's not how this would happen. Or, hey, like, that's not how this would play out. Especially with Vinny, who's, like, accustomed to playing Jason. He did a great job as Michael Myers. Like, at the beginning, I was like, okay, like, that's a like, little bit different of a mannerism. But then once I we figured out how it should be, he was perfect the entire time. It was awesome. He did such a good job. Yeah, there's some really cool shots in the movie. Some excellent kills. And some some really cool stuff that I think everyone's going to be really stoked to see. It looks like we show a lot in the trailer, but honestly, you guys kind of saw nothing. Like, you really, you just saw a few of the locations, but we saved the best stuff for the actual movie. And I'm pretty confident in saying that. Like, you, you guys all know. I, I'm a YouTube channel in here. I don't toot my own horn ever, but I am really proud of what we were able to pull off here. And we've got some cool behind-the-scenes stuff coming. If you want to see uh like a little bit more background check out my video on my youtube channel because i put like a little explainer after the trailer and then also i put some behind the scenes shots on uh twitter and dude people were freaking out that berlin was in it i didn't i I don't know why i just didn't realize how big he is but he's got a lot of fans yeah he's a pretty popular youtuber and he was a really cool guy he was awesome to hang out with super nice and uh a good actor too it's a pleasure to be around yeah, we had him be our cop, and oh my god, you guys are going to lose it when you see him. Um, but I want to sh- give a special shout-out here to John Squires at Bloody Disgusting. Now, I've written for Bloody Disgusting before. I did videos for them for a long time. But I'll say right now, I didn't ask for this. On his own, he found my teaser and wrote this awesome article called Missing Michael Myers? Watch the teaser for a Halloween Kills fan film that's releasing on October 16th. And then he wrote this, like, whole long article, which said a bunch of nice stuff about us. And then he quoted me. He picked the best quote in the whole video and then linked the video. And it was just awesome. So I really appreciate that. I thought that was really cool. You were asking. You were like, did you ask them to do that? And I was like, no. That's why it's so awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely cool to see how quickly it gained a decent amount of traction like that. And uh, I, I just I don't think people are ready for the final cut. <laughs> I know, it's like, I feel like we released it, but no, we've got, like, you know, the movie. So. The whole, the real thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're almost done with it, so uh, I'm pretty excited. I hope everyone out there also really liked it as much as we did making it. I think it was a lot of fun. So that was our Halloween alert. <laughs> That's a good Halloween alert. A great Halloween alert. Probably the best in a while, since there's no movie coming out this year, which is sad. We have a lot of news today. Stranger Things Season 4 has resumed filming. I didn't realize it ever started, but they tweeted out like a slate that had zero on it, and it looks like the vault door that uh, we see Hopper in at the end of Season 3. I think it was originally supposed to be out by the end of the year, but I doubt that's going to happen now because of COVID, right? Yeah, I mean, it looks like the production was halted back in March, so they might have been trying to do that, like shoot it earlier in the year and get it out for like late this year but uh (laughs) i don't see that happening now um so it'll probably be you know 2021 yeah most likely man i hope they don't just hold it well they could release it before march and still get that winter feel you know because they like releasing the show around the season it takes place in which i think is smart it's very nostalgic um but i swear to fucking god if they kill hopper this season after that fake out, like like they pull a Glenn on the Walking Dead show specifically, I'm gonna be pissed because that that just doesn't work and it's not 
It's not like edgy or cool or whatever like filmmakers think it is. It's just like fucking stupid and not a good call to make. So I don't. I hope they don't kill him now that they've revealed he's still alive. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways he's kind of become almost like the heart of the show. Like a lot of the emotional moments revolve around like him and an Eleven's relationship. So yeah, I just think it'd be. I mean, we had that like you know big tearjerker moment at the end of season three. Now that we know he's still alive, you know there's gonna be that like reunion moment. I just. I don't know. It'd be weird to kill him after all that. Yeah, I hope they kill Eleven. <laughs> I don't like Eleven. I don't want. I don't want her to die. I just want her to like go away. I want them to send her to the upside down permanently. But the plot synopsis here is: imprisoned far from home in the snowy wasteland of Kamach, where he faces dangers both human and other. Meanwhile, back in the states, a new horror is beginning to surface. Something long buried that connects everything. That sounds cool. What, I think they plan for five seasons, so this is like nearing the end of the overarching story completely, so this will probably leave like one last big cliffhanger and set something up for like the final conversation next season, but uh, sounds cool. I'm excited for it. I've liked, I think that the show has gotten progressively better, um, so I'm excited for it. I like I like that show. Yeah, I want them to do more Stranger Things after, like, a, like make it more like a the haunting show where it's like a new thing anthology yeah I, I just feel like you can't give up that brand no i mean no way i think that's become such a massive hit for netflix that if they were to finish it after that with no continuation it would just you know like they have to at least do some kind of spin-off show like one they're already uh working on season three of the witcher and they have two spinoff shows they have like a spinoff and an animated spinoff in production so it's good that they're committing to something instead of just canceling it after two seasons like jesus christ (laughs) yeah i mean it seems like their strategy for a while used to be like the shotgun where they would just have like 30 shows come out at once and then people would latch on to like two and then everything else would just get canceled so i don't know it seems like now they're kind of trying to invest in the things that did work instead of continuing to just make stuff that doesn't so that seems smarter to me. But the next thing on here is what I actually want to talk about right now. Ronin Flicks, which I've never heard of, is bringing Shutters slash or Haunt to Collector's Edition Blu-ray just in time for Halloween. So this thing is a monster. This is the first time it's on Blu-ray, which I actually know because I went to order it a couple days ago and noticed it's only on DVD. So you get a two-disc set that comes with the original CD soundtrack, four 16 by 20 movie poster reproductions, a 16 by 20 reproduction of the Haunt map, which is sick, six enamel pins uh, featuring the masks, four two by three replica VHS box style magnets, and over five hours of special features with a new featurette. They have like a single disc edition available for uh, 25 bucks, but this is only 55 for all that. That's like a steal. Yeah, I mean, you could see like a six pin set like that would probably go for $20 on its own. Yeah, and the haunt map, that's what I really want. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of cool art. Like the movie posters look cool. The haunt map is sweet. It's a lot of stuff to frame. And you got the magnets. They're packing a lot into this collector's edition. It's probably the most compelling collector's edition Blu-ray set I've ever seen. Yeah, so you have the slip cover, And then if you take the box out, it's like the slip cover is the clown's mask. And then if you take the DVD case out, you see his face. 
which I think is like a nice little touch. The, the pins are what I really want because those masks are sweet. Allegedly, at one point, Trick or Treat Studios was making these masks. I don't know what the fuck happened there, but I want them all. Yeah, those would be cool display pieces for sure. Especially the ghost one. The ghost one's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone, I, I would assume most people have probably seen this movie by now. I <laughs> I would consider it like one of the better quote-unquote Shutter originals. And, oh yeah, me uh, too, totally. I mean, I think this collector's edition is definitely something I'm going to buy, and I know you're going to buy it. So um, if you haven't seen it, I would suggest buying this and definitely checking out the collector's edition because there's some really cool goodies in there. Film Twitter is a hate boner for this movie that I will never understand for the rest of my life. They're like, (laughs) it didn't bring anything new to the table. It's like, yeah, but it's incredibly well made and it executes on its concept in a cool way. Like, I don't need this movie to like have a major twist halfway through where it's revealed she was dreaming or like i I don't need that i'm fine with simple movies you know i don't understand why everything has to be fucking complicated yeah like this is the biggest criticism i saw of alone people would be like oh alone is like a great movie especially for how simple it is it's like what what do you want this movie to do come over and like fucking rub your feet (laughs) (laughs) what are you expecting it's a vod horror thriller and this is like a vod slasher that holds up to theatrical movies i would have loved to see this in theaters and people are like getting all turning their nose up at it i just don't understand so well made i definitely have added this to my october rotation i already watched it once this year um i I think it just nails a lot of the things that make a great halloween horror movie i mean it's set on halloween night there's like a halloween party there's a haunted house. There's a uh, cool kills in it. I mean, really, to me, it hits everything that I would like to see. Yeah, the the thing that I would take out is the main character's plotline because it's stupid. She's like, oh, my mom is a drug addict. Yeah, that my is a little bit strange. My boyfriend is also a drug addict. The boyfriend plot is so weird when uh, the boyfriend shows up and then he just immediately dies. That's just good because it gets you another kill. I, th- I think that's why they even included that. And it, like, gets the truck to the location where the characters need it at the end of the movie. Dude, this movie, when uh, the boyfriend, not the boyfriend, the guy she's like kind of messing around with, he has, uh, he's dressed like a baseball player. When he fucking cracks that dude in the head with the oh, baseball yeah. bat, that is like one of the best shots in a slasher movie I've ever seen. Yeah. So I mean, good. Awesome. Like, I like a lot of the characters in this movie. Um, I just think it's really cool. And I'm glad that, like, it's weird to me that it went this hard for a collector's edition. and all this stuff and uh happy to see it because like i would definitely support more collector editions like this it comes out on october 22nd also so this is like a super quick turnaround for a pre-order i have the page open right now i'm gonna do it after we're done recording (laughs) (laughs) i want this so bad like i don't think people understand how much i like this movie yeah i think it's so good i think it's really solid i give it like a four out of five or a four and a half or something i love it but uh, go check it out if you haven't. It. It's still on Shutter. I think they own it, which is cool. I like how they're actually allowing their movies to be released on Blu-ray. We've heard that Joe Bob stuff is also going to come to uh, Blu-ray where you can like timestamp it so you can pause the movie and cut him in. I think that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any way of doing like the whole movies just because the licensing for that would be a nightmare. Um, yeah. But it would be cool like to at least have all the Joe Bob segments. Uh, so if you do want to watch the movie, you can get that little, you know, extra bit of trivia. And then Shudder, again, in the news here, 
they carved up a special trick-or-treat edition of their gulag to make the halloween season bright so we were talking about it like the original gulag was the best because it was just a pumpkin on a doorstep and it feels like once again they were just like on the same wavelength as uh, as us because they followed it up with a far less complicated one than last year, which is the street from the beginning of Trick or Treat and the end of it, and uh, one of the pumpkins um, from the movie. And Michael Dougherty directed it, and he got the color grading perfect on everything. There's a ton of Easter eggs in it. You hear every big moment from the movie happen throughout it. That's it's about awesome. an hour long. It's so good. I had it on all day. Uh, I recorded it. So the problem is it's only 60 minutes. That's like the big issue I have with these. Because they, right when, you just want it on all night. And then it ends after an hour. So I used uh, NVIDIA Shadow Play or whatever to record it. And I'm just going to loop it like six times in Final Cut and re-export it. Oh, so they don't, it doesn't loop like when it's over. When it's over no, it's just it just like ends. Exits. Uh, that's kind of annoying. I, yeah, it's like a down downside of the app. I don't, like it's not super fair to criticize them for it but like i think they did such a good job making this obviously because michael dougherty is just the man it looks so good we also uh there's a part with pumpkins in the fan film and we have this pumpkin in our movie which uh ryan carved perfectly now that i'm like looking at it right now <laughs> yeah he did a, did an excellent job but i mean i just think i just think this is such a cool like event i guess you could call it to look forward to every year that they make these like up, you know, new gulag. I yeah. just think it's like a fun, fun thing to look forward to. And this one is definitely a cool Easter egg, especially because I assume most people who are horror fans are big trick or treat fans. And so, you know, getting those little Easter eggs, seeing the you know iconic pumpkin from the movie and everything is just, just really cool for fans. They put out a decoration version of this pumpkin at Spirit that has flames coming out of it. And it has a fan inside, and Cortland bought it for Ryan for his birthday, and we brought it back to Cortland's house, so we like put it on Ryan's bed because he was on vacation. Then he came back, and he was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" But I'm going to sleep, and I don't have sleep apnea, so I'm gonna unplug it because it's so <laughs> loud. It is so loud. It's like, <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous. It's it so- literally an does outdoor sound like ornament. That not meant for for the inside of your bedroom so it's just like i went over to Cortland's on saturday for the mixtape massacre uh, stream and it was just like on the floor we turned it on and we had it on for about five minutes and we were like okay that's, <laughs> that's enough of that <laughs> i want to i, I want to get one and then mod it with like a uh one of those silent pc fans yeah i feel like, like a, it would be pretty simple like a 120 knock to a fan or something yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I had the Sam Sucker lights already up, but I put up my other ones that are like little, they look like action figure size Sam's. And the plastic molding of Sam is so well done. It's bizarre. It's not like cheap or brittle. And they look great. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been, I mean, we went to Spirit Halloween a few times while we were shooting, but I haven't been like home decor shopping yet. But uh, I, I thought that they did add a lot of cool like licensed stuff this year so i'm excited to check that out and see if there's any extra goodies to pick up the one in battle creek was uh they were built different they were built <laughs> different. Good. speaking of recording your own movies so i've been on a zombie kick all weekend pretty much and um i wanted to watch dawn of the dead because it's the best zombie movie and i guess after capcom made dead rising and won the lawsuit against the guy who currently owns the rights it's not george romero's estate it's like some other guy uh he 
got all pissy that he didn't win the lawsuit. So he just like took it off streaming everywhere and he wants some astronomical price to stream this movie. So you can't rent it or buy it anywhere anymore, uh, which is nuts. But someone uploaded it in 4K to YouTube. Oh my God. From the from the 4K Blu-ray that came out a couple years ago. And it's just been, I looked and it's been up for like two years. So I just ripped that. Now I have a copy of uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I mean, it gets weird when it's, you know, like those legal issues, like the licensing. Uh, and, you know, especially when people are bad about it and <laughs> request like astronomical prices or won't budge on certain aspects of it. So, I mean, at least there's a place to view it. Um, you, you know, you feel like it, it would make you more money if you just had it available to I rent know. on like apple tv or youtube and amazon like if you got the... as opposed to a perfect 4k transfer of the movie with great sound just available for free on youtube right like you'd assume that you would not you would just make money if it was on places available to rent so i, I really don't understand that logic i i don't either but i mean i'm not complaining and also i'm not i'm a huge anti-piracy advocate but if the only way to watch your movie is to buy it from someone who already owns it like i'm not gonna do that because you're not getting the money in the long run. You know, the people who made the movie, that's like, I don't know. It's it's like if a game's not available and then you just emulate it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same idea. Buying it off a secondhand market is almost the same thing. Yeah, but I can tell you right now, if they ever re-release that 4K Blu-ray, I'm buying it day one because I want it. Yeah, I mean, that also seems like a movie that would be primed for that. Like, you know, you'd expect to have Scream Factory or somebody put out like a super special cut or whatever yeah seriously so hopefully that happens soon the next thing on here i like that you you put this on here just for me because george did the doc this week so a couple weeks ago we were talking about the new season of unsolved mysteries and i was like man how cool would it be if they did a podcast where they like gave us updates on the show because that was a huge part of it back in the day and it turns out they're doing a podcast (laughs) october 19th (laughs) Which is really cool. It's going to be 12 episodes. It comes out on Tuesday, October 8th, and it runs through Christmas Eve. And they have a new episode every Thursday. And each one tackles old and new episodes of the reboot. And it'll be released in the same order as the episodes, with the premiere episode of the podcast recapping the case of Ray Rivera, whose body was mysteriously found in a historic Belvedere Hotel in Mount Vernon. So, like, that's exactly what I said they should do. Yeah, and uh, I guess they listened. <laughs> they figured it out. Fucking check better be in the mail, Netflix. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, I think that's like so, like you said, it's a really smart idea to have something like this to accompany it. Since I feel like a lot of true crime content is absorbed through podcasts now. There's so many of them that I think having that is just a no-brainer. If you already have all the research done, you have a show that people are watching since when Unsolved Mysteries, the first part of it came out, it was in the Netflix top 10. Like, it is a popular show that people do watch, and I feel like it's just going to be so easy to push people to listen to the podcast afterwards that you'd be an idiot not to capitalize on that. I'm really excited to watch more of it. They said they're going to have more alien shit this time around in Cryptids, which is what I wanted of the first season, so... The only episode I don't like is the one in French because I don't want to read it. Is that bad? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I think a lot of people have that same point of view. So don't take my film Twitter card away. <laughs> I already talked shit about film Twitter in this episode. So 
I think I'm fine. So, <laughs> all right, it doesn't matter anyway. I don't want to be in film Twitter. So the next thing on here, George, is that Peacock, the free streaming service from NBC Universal, has its full lineup of spooky offerings for Halloween. Classic monster movies like Dracula, Frankenstein, and The Invisible Man. Uh, you got You Should Have Left, Blumhouse's new psychological horror film, which I heard is terrible. Curse of Chucky, It Follows, and Sinister. So that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies, and six of them are really good. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good ratio. <laughs> yeah. Pretty strong. And it's free. It's free. <laughs> we gotta, gotta remember. I'm going to watch that You Should Have Left because, I don't know, I just want to see it. I didn't, I didn't want to pay for it. But now, free is the the right price. I think free is good, and I like. Uh, I think it's cool to include the classic monster movies, just because. Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen those in like so long that I'll probably check it out on this, just because it's an easy way to watch them. And I feel like those are probably going to be kind of like in a renaissance since we just got the Invisible Man remake earlier this year. Um, seems like kind of a no-brainer that they're gonna kind of hit on those universal classic monster movies at some point in the future uh, with more like Blumhouse remakes like that so uh, just kind of cool to revisit the original source material uh, it falls obviously fantastic uh, perfect Sin- movie Finis- sinister is also really fun cool creepy really good yeah so a couple, couple good movies there and uh, I think they also they had a decent amount of shows uh, none of them were really that interesting to me i think they said the purge show is going to be on there which i haven't watched any of but would probably check out on this i started it it's really bad okay probably won't check i that watched out, like but... three episodes it's so bad <laughs> it's like terrible dude <laughs> like every fucking purge it's like such an easy home run and they're like but what if it was a political thriller and everyone's like but what if it was a slasher movie like you continually advertise it to be and then they just don't do that yeah and here we are <laughs> and here we are with two seasons of a show that nobody's watching that got canceled recently so uh invisible man i uh recently watched the, the old one that movie is built different it holds up it's so good he has such an iconic look with the like cool jump overcoat and then uh he's got cool glasses and his mummy look i just really like the invisible man yeah i had um I like sl- he's a huge dick too <laughs> yeah he's just a massive asshole uh this is kind of off topic, but my friend of the show, Tim, recently got this. He's been on. Been on the he show. He did the, the Meg episode. <laughs> yes. Um, but he recently got this board game that I had played that's called, I think it's like Monstrous. And it's, oh, I heard of that. It's a universal monster-themed board game where uh, you basically select like up to four monsters that you fight against and each of them have like a different play style to kill and they're all based on universal monsters do any of them have guns <laughs> none of them have a gun uh but they all have like a different play style on how to kill them it's a really cool board game a lot of fun and uh playing that kind of made me want to revisit some of those so no i definitely bought it at target when i was really drunk like last halloween it's awesome and it's a lot of fun i immediately put it away and forgot about it until <laughs> right now but yeah. i finally played mixtape massacre yeah, that game. That was really good. That game's also really fun. Yeah, I played a couple rounds of that pretty recently. Um, that's cool. I think like those the way they design their playable killers is so fun. Like, there's so much cool stuff in that game. I was bad dad. <laughs> he must be from uh, one of the expansion packs. Yeah, he looked like a serial mom, but a guy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was cool. I like that game. It was really fun. We also watched Cortland's. Uh, little short film he made for them 
it's fucking awesome. Yeah, that was also really funny. Another Tussman, Ryan's in that. He's got the great acting. <laughs> Ryan's a genius in it. <laughs> so talented. It went a lot better than our uh, live stream of Among Us. Yes, that was a little bit messy. So, yeah, I'm going to download Peacock because it's free. I think you can subscribe to it, but, like, why would you? Yeah. Right? Um, I don't know what the monthly price is, but I could probably settle for ads. I think the reason people like it is because it has The Office. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... I think... No, HBO got friends. But, yeah, they have The Office, which is, like, probably... It's got to be, like, one of the most streamed shows, right? Yeah, and uh, HBO Max got the keanu reeves constantine which is underrated as fuck today so that's cool also amc fear fest started today i know no one's thinking about it because they usually start on like the 13th but just so everyone knows amc fear fest is running now george has got to get a trial for youtube tv or something yeah i gotta figure out how to get a live tv channel going next on here we have zach efron who's set to star in a new adaptation of stephen king's firestarter and i think okay yeah so the book Firestarter, a young girl develops pyrokinetic abilities and is abducted by a government agency that wants to harness her gift as a weapon. That's sweet. We've got Zac Efron. He's the star. So is it going to be a guy Firestarter? I wouldn't assume he's the main character. Maybe he's, he's like, probably the government guy. He might be the government guy or he might be like the person. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with the source material, but if she has like an ally on the outside that's like trying to get her out that could possibly be zach efron my keyboard's inaccessible right now so i'm firing from the hip but i'm like um like 70 or 80 percent sure this is a blumhouse joint and scott teams who wrote the first draft of halloween kills this script he wrote for this movie got him the halloween kills job so i bet it's pretty good yeah, I mean, that's a cool premise. Pyrokinetic abilities is cool. Uh, government abduction. It's kind of like E.T. Yeah. style. I'm into that. Um, I think, yeah, I think it'll be cool. I mean, I think his renaissance recently has showed that, like, a lot of his stories still hold up. Even, I don't know how old this is, but, you know, he's written so many books and short stories that I feel like he's just still, like, so easy to adapt into a decent movie at the very least, so... I feel like this will just be another pretty good adaptation. Yeah, he's so prolific. Also, I watched uh, Expedition Unknown last night, and they gave Josh Gates a talk show to, to air between episodes because he was doing it from home as like a COVID thing because, you know, they had to like fill the air with content. Right. And then it ended up being so good that once he moved back into the studio, it kind of turned into its own show. And he did – it was a Stephen King episode, and he did – a misery intro where he was both Annie Wilkes and himself. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was awesome. It came out great. And he had Anthony Michael Hall on to talk about, uh, he was in, what is it called? He was in, uh, oh, The Dead Zone. There was a TV show of The Dead Zone and he was the main character in it. And uh, he asked him about, he, he was kind of like lukewarm on everything. And then Josh Gates asked him about Halloween Kills and he like perked up. He was like, oh yeah. That movie's going to be fucking awesome. And they like beeped it. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I've seen them all. And I saw like 10 minutes of footage when I was on set. And uh, it's going to be the best one yet. It has a huge fucking kill count. And it was awesome to hear that. Because it was, he was just like going through the motions, you know, like, here's what I'm doing. Here's my bullet pointed list of everything I'm working on. Right. And then Josh Gates was like, oh, yeah, I heard you're in the new Halloween movie. And he's like, oh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's what I want to hear. Uh, so he's playing Tommy Doyle. 
Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, I'm trying not to think about that movie because there's so long of a wait, like still over a year's wait for that movie's coming out. So I can't think about it because I'll just be like, man, I wish I could watch that right now. <laughs> I know, I know, George. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Um, next up, we have future programming, our new segment where we talk about movies that are coming up down the pipeline. First up on here, we have Blumhouse's remake of The Craft, which they've been working on for a few months now. It's like one of their cheaper remakes for sure. It's a sequel to the 1996 original film. It's called The Craft Legacy, and it it looks pretty good. It's coming out October 28th, and you can just rent it. I think that's a super smart move based on the demographic of teenage girls. I saw a lot of people pulling the Black Christmas thing on this, and I, I just like... I can't get that fired up about the craft. I, I mean, I like the original one. I think that it's pretty fun. Like, I like the... I like movies that involve witchcraft, and I think it's, like, interesting. Um, This, I don't know how hot I am on it. I mean, it's You're going to love it. This is, like, for you. You <laughs> like teen trashy stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big thing that I just really have concerns about is the effects look pretty <laughs> terrible. From the trailer. A lot of digital effects. A lot of digital effects. Is never good in a Blumhouse movie. <laughs> just has to be said. They kind of look like Snapchat <laughs> they <know>. filters. Which <laughs> is just like, uh Like, I don't yeah, know how much like, I like that. But, uh, I'll, I'll probably end up liking it. At least think The demographic okay. for this movie could probably not care less. That's about true. CBS oh, okay. Yeah, that's very true. But, whereas uh, Black Christmas looked like shit from the first trailer, and then lo and behold was shit, this looks like... It's a good teen movie. I just don't like the sentiment that people are spreading where if the movie isn't made for you or your demographic, your opinion is invalid. Because, like, saying that something that looks bad is okay that it looks bad because it's for teenagers is stupid because at the end of the day it's a bad movie. And that implies that teenagers just have bad taste, which I don't think is true. Like, you could still make a good movie that's aimed at a younger audience. You know what I mean? It's like Happy Death Day. Right. That's a great movie on its own also aimed at a younger audience as is its sequel yeah that's definitely true that's a good point that's how i feel i don't know i'm not gonna i'm, probably, I'm not gonna watch this like, what the <laughs> fuck am i saying but like you know it's cool that it exists the, universal's gonna keep the rights probably for that's probably why they're making it uh i mean i can't imagine that the craft is like that hot of a commodity that people would really be fighting over like making a sequel to it but i mean yeah i guess it's cool that's you know the first one's kind of a cult classic so it's cool that there's some kind of continuation to it and it is a sequel as opposed to a reboot which is interesting yeah blumhouse is smart with that stuff it's like oh you can't get mad at us because it's a sequel right (laughs) and david duchovny's in it and it had good fall atmosphere in this trailer so yeah those are two things i just remembered on the spot gotta love both of those yeah next up you put the Call, which comes out tomorrow in drive-ins. And the log line is, In the fall of 1987, a group of small-town friends must survive the night in a home of sinister couple after a tragic accident. So, I'm just going to cut to the chase. This trailer is fucking awesome, and this movie is Saw, made by the guy who made Final Destination. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what? How is how is this movie just not, like, hanging in the background? I don't understand. <laughs> it looks great. And it doesn't look, like, joke funny. Like, joke good, I mean. It looks good. No, I mean, I to me, it has that, like, 2004 to 2007 flavor of horror movie, which I've been kind of missing. And Tobin Bell just plays Jigsaw in this, <laughs> does the Jigsaw voice and everything. Uh, Lin Shay looks awesome in it, and I think it looks really fun. I'm actually super excited for this movie, and I can't believe 
that I had not heard about it until the day before it came out. Oh no, we we definitely talked about it like the first episode when we came back, and we also made fun of it. Well, like we lot. didn't see the trailer though, which right. is the important right. part. <laughs> I it, I don't think it was. I think the title changed, but I know we it was announced as like the Final Destination guy's new movie, and we were like, "Wow, cool!" But now it really does look cool, so I'm excited for that. And then. George put an update on here for Redwood Massacre Annihilation, which is coming to VOD on October 20th. We've talked about it before, so I'm not going to read the plot. The big reason to watch this is Danielle Harris is in it. She's kind of like a, it's like, it looks like a, something like Trick, kind of like a cop thriller or whatever. Uh, but you like the scene in it, right? Yeah. Um, it looks like the kills will be pretty, pretty gruesome from this one. Uh, we see the, I'm not sure what the killer is called. But he grabs a cop's head and twists it off, which was pretty pretty cool. And uh, if there's like a couple of cool kills like that in the movie, I'm de- I definitely want to check it out. It has big trick energy, as does the call, which we've been championing. So I feel like if it has that feel to it, we have to champion it. Dude, I did. I pulled the perfect trick on Cortland um, <laughs> when I was at his house on Saturday. We were busy, like just talking and doing stuff. And I was like, I got to show you the intro of this movie. So I showed him the intro to Trick to rope him in. <laughs> and I didn't tell him about the massive drop off in quality after the intro. There's there's a drop off. Like, okay, we're talking about Trick. <laughs> there's only a drop off because the fucking intro is yeah. so good. And then it goes to like, you, you're, you're dubious of it. After the intro, you're like suspicious. You're right. like sus. And it whips wildly between scene to scene some of the scenes are like amazing so cool and some of them are really stupid so it's like it's like a roller coaster watching that movie but very good i recommend everybody watch it and obviously if you're listening to this <laughs> we've told you to watch it about 10 times now right Cortland has taste <laughs> so it's it's like a i'd say like 60 40 chance he likes it but I'll 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 leave I'll put an update in here or when he comes on the show I'll make him watch when Cortland comes on the show to talk about our Halloween thing I'm gonna make him watch Trick we, so can't, we can talk about it again we can't have three episodes dedicated to Trick no 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 we'll do like you know a normal review section on a newer <laughs> movie whatever but we'll we'll make Cortland's thoughts on Trick its own segment okay that that's honestly. Fair. Every guest from now on, this is a good idea. We should make to them watch, watch Trick. Trick. Yeah. yeah, and then we should get their thoughts on it. I do like that. I think that's that's smart. Idea. Okay, cool. I'm going to write that down. I'm actually serious about this. Okay. I like that. So, <laughs> on November 6th, we have IFC Midnight's Kindred, which I don't think we talked about. It uh, follows a vulnerable mother-to-be named Charlotte, and she's taken in by her dead boyfriend's mom. That's dark. And, his, and her stepson who seem increasingly obsessed with her every move. Played by mysterious hallucinations, her suspicions grow about uh, Margaret and Thomas's intentions for her unborn child. That looks good. That seems like an IFC Midnight hit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of times their, their movies do hit more than they miss. We're big IFC Midnight fans, so definitely want to check it out. I think it'll be pretty cool. Trailer looks interesting. I want to see probably have some pretty trippy dreamlike sequences. I have seen Midnight is cool because they make movies that should cost like 10 grand, but then they get someone who knows how to use a camera and they just blow out the production value big time. Right. <laughs> I like this crow. I'm watching the trailer right now and there's like oh, I'm into this movie. There's like animals screaming. Yeah, there's cool this stuff. This looks sweet. I'm interested in it for sure. The house looks cool. It looks like the house from 
Ready the or Texas not. Texas Chainsaw remake. Oh yeah, Ready or Not too. Big Stone House got some good actors. Nice blue color grade. No problems. I say check it out. That looks good. We'll probably talk about that in the show November sixth. Yeah. Which that week we're also talking about the Brian Bertino's new movie. Um, October thirtieth, you've got Spell. In Spell, while flying to his mother's funeral in Appalachia, an intense storm causes Marquis to lose control of the plane carrying him and his family. He awakens wounded and alone in Mrs. Eloise's attic, who claims she can nurse him back to health with the boogity, a hoodoo figure she has made from his blood and skin. Unable to call for help, Marquis desperately tries to outwit and break free from her dark magic and save his family. This sounds awesome. I'm telling you. What? I... So I saw the trailer for this, and it's a voodoo movie. Like, how cool is that? How often do we get to see a voodoo horror movie? It's, like, so rare. So I think it's going to be cool as hell. Dude, it looks really well made, too. Yeah, I mean, the, like, hoodoo figures are cool. There's there's a scene in the trailer where one of the guys, uh, like, pulls off his, uh, like, a hat or blindfold, and his eyes are sewn shut. Like, there's going to be I just, some cool I, that's, shit I literally just saw that as you were saying, and that's why I said, whoa. <laughs> Yo, this looks sick. It's a Paramount movie. Yeah, it looks like it has a great budget. Oh, Um, VOD. Yeah, VOD, October 30th. So we'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, we always talk shit about games that come out on October 30th. Cough, cough, fucking uh, the Dark dark Pictures anthology. Don't do that. (laughs) But a movie coming out on the 30th is smart, I think. But this is what we're talking about. This is the caliber of movie you put on VOD. The craft, uh, spell. You don't put Candyman or Halloween Kills. No, those are right. Something like this, um, I'm happy to spend eight bucks for, because they'll probably end up making some return on it. Halloween, they would never make their money back. Right, and just to prove that point, I saw an article that said that Bill and Ted made $30 million, and then I clicked into it, and I'm like, that can't be true. So it made total $30 million, but after marketing and distribution fees and all that their profit on that movie was six million that's that seems about right yeah so that's why you're not seeing other movies on vod plain and simple uh that wraps it up though for future programming good job george you nailed it on this doc (laughs) thank you thank you you got some good movies on here got some good news and now you get to tell me about a movie i didn't have a chance to watch called scare me but i'm actually going to watch it tonight it looked pretty good uh what's it about yeah so scare me is the new shutter original movie it's written and directed by josh rubin who i think did like college humor something yeah for them. he's like super funny yeah um and so it's he is a struggling writer and he goes to this cabin basically as a retreat because he wants to write his uh like werewolf horror story there's a power outage he meets this girl who's like a very successful horror writer and they stay up telling each other scary stories during the power outage to keep each other entertained is the the basic premise of it the one question i have is do the stories come to life in any way no so it, okay that's what that's the gist i got from every review it seemed like they were trying to hide that because <laughs> so it's not a traditional anthology in that sense where when they tell the story you see it play out Basically, what happens is they tell the story and anytime they add sound effects in with their acting. So, like, if the character, Josh Rubin's playing a character that fires a shotgun, 
he'll like make the motion of firing a shotgun and then they'll play that sound effect to like make the story a little more lively oh i like that which is like it's kind of a fun gimmick um so does it kind of feel like an improv class yeah definitely definitely kind of that like and and it's really i would say 80 percent of the movie is just uh josh rubin's character fred with uh aya cash's character fanny who's um Stormfront in the boys yeah she's pretty good in that show yeah and she's good in this too she's really very likable um and like the gimmick is fun of them kind of going back and forth telling stories with the you know animated sound effects i i mean i kind of wish it was a more of a traditional uh anthology but i think that what they did is still like original and cool um so like there's fun fun storytelling the performances are okay the ending makes like a really weird left turn that I didn't really love, um, but I thought the movie was okay. I thought it was a fun watch. Like I'd give it a a good rating. Say you should probably check it out if you're looking for something to watch uh, in October. I'm gonna check it out tonight. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. We got a little bit behind with what was that movie? It's, uh, Spiral, and then this week's obviously busy, but things are calming down. Next week we've got another. Shot original called like the changing hour or something yeah i think that's what it's called so this this one's getting a ton of buzz though i remember when it hit festivals people were like really hyping it up and now that it's out even more people seem to really like it i would say you could call it a horror comedy but it's 95 percent comedy like it's more like about the joke and like acting it out than it is like anything that would actually scare you really um but yeah i I think a lot of people are hotter on it than i am i thought it was good but not really great like i think it's original and fun and worth a watch but i probably wouldn't watch it again yeah and i think that's just because i feel like we've established at this point what kind of movies we like you know I guess it's a little hypocritical because this is like one of the more like kind of fun turn your brain off movies which is ones we've been championing but i don't know i just think it doesn't really like do enough to make a lasting impact no one gets their head exploded by a tombstone swung around by a crane. No one gets their head exploded, which is see really disappointing. That's the difference. That's the difference. <laughs> Write that down. Another trick reference. <laughs> All right, I'm going to check this out. Chris Red, I did not know was in it until I saw the poster. I was like, oh, there's a third guy in it. Yeah, he's like the pizza guy. He shows up for maybe like less than a third of the movie. I want that sweater she has with all the hands on it yeah that is really cool <laughs> i actually was watching that i was like yeah that is a cool sweater <laughs> that's a cool sweater next up george possessor we've been waiting forever for this movie expecting it to be incredible especially based on what luke had to say about it and the fact that they released it uncut i was hoping the uncut would be more gore and less chicks with giant penises but like <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> Uh, I love this movie. I give it five stars up front. I'm just going to say it right now. This this was like, not only did it meet my expectations, it exceeded them. It was exactly what I expected, but then more, which I love. I think it's so good. It's Obviously, it's written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg. So that's why it's a body horror movie. And it's super simple. It's about an agent who works for an organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies. So what she does is they like pick a person who's involved in the plot life plot of the target. And then this lady inhabits their body 
for even like days at a time and then she goes and kills the person as this person and then she has to blow their brains out and then they pull her out which is kind of fucked up like she's the bad guy clearly right yeah definitely so, like i was like damn someone's got to fight back and then that's what that's what the real plot of the movie is she it's like you see one successful hit go off and you're like that's sweet sweet i want to see more she inhabits a guy's body and she's kind of losing control of him which is such an awesome plot overall and the practical effects in this movie are insane there's people getting stabbed in the neck but the knife goes in really slow and there's like a lot of blood you see a person get hit with a cleaver like a hundred times and they're just getting chopped up you see a guy get shot in the neck which is pretty cool it's just oh there's a part where a fire poker gets stabbed into someone's mouth and then twisted so all their teeth come out yeah the gore is just so good there's like like i would i would watch this if i was trying to make horror movies seriously there's some insane visuals in this movie like not even the gore which is insane i mean there are some really cool gore sequences but i mean the cinematography was like so next level in this movie the the movie that kept coming to mind when i was watching it was like blade runner 2049 oh yeah totally it just reminded me had that vibe completely which i also love that movie and i feel like both of those are like so they build their world so perfectly and inhabit it and it just enthralls you for the entire runtime i love this movie i thought it was so cool such an interesting sci-fi premise like extremely well acted the plot was interesting to keep like very interesting to follow cinematography is next level gore was insane i i also really really dug this movie the thing i really like about it most is that it it a lot like uh upgrade it has this more restrained and subdued future with technology where all the buildings and stuff look like how buildings look now but then there are just little flares that let you know that no this is not 2020 like how an upgrade the cars drove themselves you know and you could kind of talk to it It it's like more advanced siri but then when you get into houses and stuff it's like totally normal how people live now or like uh and that's how it was in this movie i thought that was really cool that's that's a nice way to look at the future because i feel like if you look at blade runner or alien which movies are set far in the future they just go like they go so far with their technology, but it's retro futuristic in the sense that it's like the best they could comprehend. And I feel like you're future proofing yourself by keeping it in 2020. Right. Like the less outrageous you go with the technology, then the more like, like you're saying future proof it becomes like, it's not like they invented some weird machine that would never, I mean, they do invent a weird machine that would never exist, but there's not like, (laughs) <laughs> weird stuff that everybody's good, using good that, like, you would never you would never expect yeah uh the machine itself is fucking sweet looking too it looks like a machine it doesn't look like a movie prop yeah it's like the it's like the plague doctor mask that they with the like beak on it like the style in this movie is just so cool to me like i feel like it's it's definitely not going to be for everyone because it's a lot of like very deep strangeness like the whole movie is deeply weird and i feel like that might turn some people off but like i i think that like the world is very strange and there's a lot of unanswered questions and the reality is like so warped is just so interesting to me like i really dig this style of movie i feel like the reason people should give it a chance is that it it seems a lot more heady than it is the actual plot is so simple to follow yeah it's a very pedestrian plot it's it, it literally is 
like it's kind of like a possession movie which is funny because it's possessor it's just her battling it out with this guy who she's inhabited and they can't pull her out of this guy's body and it's them both fighting for control with each other but then it's just got crazy sci-fi shot work amping it up and a weird soundtrack and all this stuff that makes it feel a little bit more elevated than what it probably would have been if a big studio made it yeah i mean i think there's probably something to it being made smaller and you know having Brandon cronenberg having like complete creative control over it i would assume like this feels very much like and like a the director's vision you know what i mean like it feels like they've thought this up in their head and put it on the screen agreed so that's what's really cool about it it's a neon movie that they're releasing in drive-in and theaters it comes out in november on vod i wonder how it's going to play in theaters like i don't i don't know i feel like everyone should give it a chance but i, ne- I don't think it's going to be mainstream enough to really catch on especially with how limited theatrical screenings are right now does that make sense yeah i mean i yeah like it's it's hard to even go to a theater right i mean so few states are open with theaters and they're at such low capacity i think this would be kind of a weird one to see in a drive-in because it's not necessarily like the best picture quality and sound quality and i feel like you kind of need both of those Uh, yeah our screener was like also ass so (laughs) we got the drive-in experience (laughs) like i i feel like if you were to watch this with like a proper 4k blu-ray it you know or like a real theatrical experience it would be better than like a limited like a vod or like a limited small theater you know what i mean yeah the screener definitely sold me on a blu-ray if that makes any (laughs) sense you know what's weird shutter has been like like we bitch about screeners a lot shutter is killing it there's their screeners are high quality their watermarks don't get in the way someone should give shutter an award for that but yeah the the screen for this i was excited to watch it but like i felt like the way it was presented didn't serve how well and how much effort went into making this movie look great does that that make sense right yeah i mean like i said if i could watch this like in like a 4k blu-ray like uncompressed and totally see all the details in full quality i feel like it would be it would blow you away and i gotta again just give major props for awesome practical effects especially in a sci-fi movie you just kind of expect everything to be digital so when so much of it is practical it's awesome the one disappointing thing is the the way the poster looks you know the poster is like haunting right yeah very creepy and then the way that it is in the movie is just like very mundane it's just like oh it's during a part where she's fighting for control with the guy it's actually when he takes control back of his body and he puts on a mask of the main character's face and that's really all all it is so it's just like a creepy image but like it doesn't represent the movie as well as i would hope right it's like kind of a mundane like i feel like a better poster would have been if they just had like the main character laying down with that machine's mask on her face like that would have been sweet so this movie is awesome it's so rare that you know we get really hyped up for a movie and then it actually delivers and then not only that but exceeds our expectations and that's exactly what this did so if you have a list of movies you want to check out for the rest of the year, I say this one should be like right at the top. Yeah, this movie was really badass. Probably, 
I, I don't know. It might be my favorite of the year so far. I'd have to like do an inventory of all the things I've watched, but it's definitely way up there. Yeah, The Wretched is still my favorite. Wretched was very good. Wretched is just like so good. Yeah, I would I would agree. This is like as as close to a perfect horror movie as it gets. Okay, I gotta go finish my uh, day job work. Okay, which I totally didn't put <laughs> off. So <laughs> I'm gonna wrap up this episode of Fear Frequency. Episode 103. Thanks for listening, everyone. George is at George Frizzard on Twitter, but now he's part of the Oddest of the Odd crew. I lost him. So on Instagram, <laughs> you got to search for Oddest George. I'm Jimmy Champagne, and the show is Fear Frequency. If you want to see the Halloween Kills fan film trailer we made, I keep almost saying the title, which we're not revealing yet. Uh, go to my YouTube channel. Go to my Instagram Go to Cortland's Instagram. It's all over the place. We put it everywhere. And I've watched it probably a hundred times today. Yeah. Like, I think it's that good. I keep watching it on loop. Like every time, I, I don't, every time I'm, I'm just so excited about it. I keep watching it. It just looks so good. Dude, your scene is the one I'm most excited to see. Yeah. That's like the follow up to it. That's definitely probably the most ambitious part of the film. George so. has the goriest death in the whole thing (laughs) it's off screen so you like see him alive and then you see him dead later but george's death is well no it's not the goriest just because of another death that happens which i'm not going to spoil obviously but yours the aftermath of your death we we amped up the gore a lot more for years i think we used real meat yeah yeah i did have a bunch of raw sausage meat on me so yeah and a lot of blood and a lot of blood it was very cold you you definitely well both of both of the biggest kills in this movie were overkill, definitely, but in the best way, yeah, in the Michael Myers way, exactly the artistic so, Michael Myers kill way. So now, if you listen to the end, you get to you get a little little more hints. So if you want to see that Halloween fan film, check out my YouTube channel on October sixteenth. We're gonna say like eight a.m., but I'm I'm gonna tell you right now it'll probably be around noon. So. I'll see you there October 16th. In between, on Monday, you're going to get my ranking of the Halloween movies, which might surprise you, probably won't. Might make you a little mad. And I'm trying to work in one more Halloween video, but I'm basically waiting for the iPhone to get announced so I know if I can come home to Michigan, and that'll kind of determine how things go. But regardless, get some big stuff to look forward to if you're a fan of my youtube channel you got anything else for the end of this episode george no i think you covered it cool see you guys next week